Welcome to Talk Angry with Coon and Eldridge, season nine of the Talk Angry podcast and our summer special. On today's show, we'll discuss the TBT. Taylor has an interview with Ron Baker and Zach Bush. We'll also look ahead to the 2021 and 22 season. Tyson Etienne returning to Wichita State, non-conference slate to digest, and C.J. Moore joins the show after a great profile on Coach Isaac Brown in The Athletic last week. Great show coming up right after this. Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Wichita State Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. Great to be with you for Season 9 of the Talk Angry podcast, our summer special. We'll start by discussing the TBT. The Aftershocks are in town this Friday. They'll get tipping off at 8 p.m. against the expats on ESPN2. Taylor, you've been at both practices for this Aftershocks team. Also had a lot of great content at Kansas.com. What's it been like to be around some of these old shocker players and how do you think the team is coming together in anticipation of Friday? Yeah, I mean, it definitely has the feel of a family reunion. Uh, I think Zach Bush and Ron Baker really kind of pushed that, that theme and it really does feel that, that way. And it's, uh, you know, just now, you know, Fred Van Fleet was uh, here at practice today and, you know, it was really cool to see him, you know, just chop it up with, you know, former teammates, guys who came after him, you know, guys uh, currently on the team, you know, Dexter Dennis and a couple other Shockers were here today uh, just watching. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's cool to see, uh, you know, so many different eras. Uh, you know, IB was here today, and uh, same thing. You know, it was the first time he's seen a lot of those former guys. You know, he really enjoyed catching up with Marcus McDuffie, Daryl Willis, guys like that, you know, Rashard Kelly. So, um, yeah, it's just been really cool to see kind of, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff and, uh, you know, to see kind of the brotherhood. I think I just got done talking to Fred too. And, uh, he, he said that, you know, obviously last year was kind of a, you know, pretty difficult time for a lot of, you know, Wichita State fans with Coach Marshall going, uh, you know, out the way that he did. And then just kind of, you know, turbulent times. And he said now is, you know, more important than ever to, you know, keep that brotherhood strong. I think that's really been the focus and why you're seeing so many, uh, past shockers commit to coming back. You know, even the guys who are hurt, you know, Jamie Ichinike uh, and, you know, Trey Murray, guys like that who have had to pull out of the TBT, they're still coming uh, just to be part of the event and to watch and, you know, take it all in. And, uh, you know, Clee Anthony Early just uh, showed up tonight. So uh, guys even who aren't playing, you know, they're making it a priority to, to come back and, and be a part of this. So it's really cool to see. I believe there'll be around 40 former Shockers in attendance, either playing in the TBT or watching on Friday night. You had an article today about how this will also be the first time that a lot of them have played in front of fans. Of course, Coke Arena was at a limited capacity last season, but all these guys that are playing internationally played in a lot of empty gymnasiums last year. So just talk a little bit about the type of atmosphere we'll see this weekend. Yeah, I mean, with uh, with COVID still going on overseas, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, a lot of these guys, we're, we're playing without fans. And they said, you know, I, I was talking to Marcus about it and he said it, it felt like kind of like an open gym, you know, kind of like a pickup game and it, it's just a different feel. And it's, and they're looking forward to, you know, getting back to playing in front of fans. And it's not just, you know, any normal, 
you know, game, any normal fans. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Wichita State fans here playing at Coke Arena. Uh, these guys are so excited to, to get back, and this is why they're so, uh, you know, adamant about coming back and playing for this team is because they all want to be a part of, you know, that field. They saw, you know, some of these guys saw it on ESPN, uh, you know, watching overseas, and they said, I, I want to be a part of that. That's really cool. I thought, you know, I thought I put on a uniform at Coke Arena for the last time when I graduated, but, you know, now these guys are finding out that, hey, there's still a chance uh, to come back and, you know, uh, play in front of, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of fans at Coke Arena, uh, you know, hear the roar of the crowd one more time. And I, I think we talked about it at the start of TBT is that this can be a recruiting tool so for, for IB. And I was talking to him about it today and he said that, you know, this is great because, you know, now kids can see, Hey, not only can I come to Wichita State for four years and play in front of you know ten thousand every night, now even I come here, I graduate, I can go have a successful pro career somewhere, and then still come back in the summer and you know get that love and adoration and, and that special feeling of being back in the roundhouse, uh, even even in the summer. So I think it's a great, uh, great for past shockers, great for current shockers. I mean, watching Dexter kind of pick the mind of, of Fred Van Vliet today was kind of cool, just asking him questions. And, uh, you know, Ricky Council uh, was here and, and seeing those guys kind of interact with, you know, big-time NBA guys like Fred. Um, and then for future shockers, too, like I said, I think it can be a recruiting tool. So I think it's a win-win-win for, for Wichita State. The atmosphere several years ago was fantastic. They shattered the TBT and Hiddens record that they had. They play the expats on Friday. If they win that, they either play a K-State alumni team or a Creighton alumni team. Personally, I hope it's a Creighton alumni team, and can you imagine the crowd getting back into it with an old rival? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that that's going to be an electric atmosphere, too. I, I think people are still kind of you know feeling this out. I mean, every time, uh, you know, you have that first time, it's the newness of it. I think everybody wants to be a part of it. And also, you know, there's still concerns with COVID too, but now that, you know, things are starting to open back up, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a safe environment at, at Coke Arena. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think fans, especially if they win this first game on Friday night and they get that Sunday matinee uh, at two, I think that's going to be, like you said, I mean, either K-State or Creighton, I think fans are going to get excited about that. You win that, you go to the championship game. So I'm expecting probably even more fans on a Sunday afternoon. But really, you know, if you're a Wichita State fan, like, what are you like? What more do you want out of an event? You know, not only watching former Shockers play, but you're going to see, you know, Fred in the building, Landry in the building, Clee in the building. You know, Fred's pop up shop is coming Friday all day uh, from 12 to 8, um, and you got to have a ticket to get in that. You can't just pre order you know, one of his shirts and then sneak in and, and, and not go to a game. you got to get a ticket. So uh, if you're a Wichita State fan, I mean, this is Coke Arena is the place to be on Friday night, Sunday afternoon for sure. I think this is going to be an awesome event. And uh, and like you said, I mean, that second round matchup, uh, you know, they should, you know, if they play as well as they, they have been in practice, they should be able to take care of the expats and then, uh, yeah, make create a, a very, very, you know, enticing matchup in that second round. Friday's on ESPN2, Sunday's on ESPN, so fantastic exposure for the program. If they advance to the championship, it's on Tuesday at 8 p.m. That's on ESPN3. If they win that, they actually advance to Dayton. But also, you know, you already touched on a little bit, but just imagine the 
the fanfare or the recognition that every single recent shocker to make the NBA is going to be in the building. So you'll have Torre, you'll have Klee, you'll have Fred, you'll have Lander, you'll have Ron. So, I mean, uh, all these guys who have, have succeeded at the professional level uh, will be in the building. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, like you said, I mean, it's going to be a star-studded event. And, uh, yeah, I mean, fresh pop-up shop. I mean, I remember I covered that back when, I think it was 2018 when he came. And, uh, yeah, a lot of really cool merch uh, and a lot of Shocker themed uh, shirts he was telling me today. It's going to be a lot of WSU theme, you know, black and yellow stuff. It's got a lot of, you know, whoever his designer is, is, is uh, doing very good. Cause, I mean, his, uh, his bet, on your stu- bet on yourself stuff is, is really, uh, really cool. And then now with the Wichita State theme stuff, you know, it's perfect for Wichita State fans. You know, you get to support Fred and then you can wear that stuff to the game. And, and blend in because it's black and yellow. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great way to support him, too. This is the first time he's been back since winning the NBA championship, since signing that, you know, $84 million contract, came here on a private jet. So, you know, things have definitely changed for Fred uh, since he has been back in Wichita, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, he's still, I mean, I talked to him, still, you know, same old steady Freddie. So, I mean, it's, he's the same guy that he's been, you know, throughout the years. It's really cool to see. Um, I was telling him, he kind of reminds me a lot of, uh, IB, you know, you, you read that story. I mean, you talked to CJ and I'm sure that was a, you know, a great interview and it's just, you know, IB is the same exact way. He's the same guy he was before he, you know, kind of hit the big lights uh, and became the head coach and, and Fred's the same way, you know, same guy he was here in Wichita back in Rockford, even now, you know, that he's an NBA champion and, you know, signed that huge uh, contract still the same guy so a lot of similarities a lot of uh, you know good role models i would say you know being the faces of wichita state program right now focusing on this aftershocks team it's a little unfortunate that you know echenique murray and cotton won't be able to play but do have a solid roster you've been at both of the practices kind of what do you think their their uh, opportunities are to gel and and maybe potentially make a run here in the tbt yeah, I man, I think uh, at TBT, you know, it comes down to guard play. You know, it's, uh, you know, people who have the ball in their hands, you know, it's a lot of high pick and roll. Um, and I think WSU is set up well there because, you know, uh, Connor Frankamp is a big, big time player overseas. And now, I mean, this is the perfect style for his play. You know, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, last time around, he had to be a scorer. And I still think he could be that for, you know, this, this team. I still think he could put up, you know, 20 plus. But, I mean, this is a guy who could, you know, dish out 10 assists, too. I, I think he's uh, he, he's really set up now with some shooters. I think fans are going to be very surprised and uh, pleasantly surprised by, you know, the three non-shockers. I've been very impressed with all three of those guys. Um, you know, De- David DeLeo, his teammate over in Spain, this is the guy to watch. I mean, he's the, uh, the guy that's impressed us uh, here at practice the most. I mean, he kind of came in, you know, Connor, you know, vouched for him as a shooter. But man, this guy, this guy might be on Connor's level in terms of shooting. Kind of has a little funky release, but he's you know big guy, six eight, got a strap. I mean, this guy is an absolute sniper, and uh, he's been uh, you know very very impressive in practices so far. So you know the ideal stretch four guy, um, and then Tyrus McGee. You know some fans might remember him uh, that first time. You know the aftershocks played uh, Iowa United. He dropped I think twenty seven on them, uh, and now he's you know reversing course coming over to the other sideline and he's going to play for the aftershocks now and he's another guy that's going to have the ball in his hands a lot uh very very savvy playmaker and uh, he can get to the rim 
Uh, you can pull up. Uh, he can do it all. And then uh, Samaje Hans Jones, you know, coming off a monster pro uh, pro debut, uh, averaging 20, 20 a game. And I think he's another guy who's you know so quick. No one can guard him one on one. I mean, he can get to his spots against just about anybody. So um, I think those three are, are going to be huge. And then you have someone like Marcus McDuffie. You can be a you know a good shot, a tough shot maker. Uh, he's had a great pro career. Um, you know, Daryl Willis, he's kind of been battling a, a hamstring. He hasn't been able to, to really play yet, so we'll see uh, what they can get from him. And then DeMonte Dodd, the other non-shocker, 6'10", big guy. I think fans are going to like him. Big body, uh, very unselfish. Uh, probably not going to score a lot, but it's going to do a lot of the, you know, the, the dirty the dirty work, all the little things. So, um, And then we're still waiting for Zach Brown to come. Um, so yeah, there, it, it, I think it's coming together nicely, but really it's going to come down to how well those guards on the ball do, uh, you know, cause a lot of it's just, you know, read and react. And I think Connor's one of the best at that. And, uh, with the ball in his hands, I think aftershocks are going to have, you know, a chance against just about anybody. Taylor, you had the opportunity to interview shocker legend, Ron Baker, who's the general manager of the team and also head coach Zach Bush. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. All right, I'm out here at Coke Arena right after the Aftershocks practice. I'm joined by, really needs no introduction, Wichita State legend, 27 career trillions, one of the best ever put on Wichita State uniform, Zach Bush. Thanks for being on here, Zach. Thanks for having me. I know uh, all the fans thought it was going to be somebody else when you said Shocker legend. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a trillionaire. Yeah, right. then an amateur golf player, Ron Baker. Ron. Everything he said is accurate. <laughs> Thanks for being out here, guys. But, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of people are excited about, you know, TBT, Aftershocks. So let's just get right, right down to it. Just just seems like this time around it feels, you know, bigger than basketball. You know, we just saw Fred Fred out there, you know, with Ron coming back. Uh, Landry's going to be in the building. Uh, just Zach, kind of start off and just tell us why this is kind of bigger than basketball now. When Ron <clears throat> agreed to come on and, you know, help do this. This was kind of, I think, the vision. And even in 19, this was the vision was to make this uh, a family style thing where, we, you know, we don't get to see each other a whole lot. So now you have a reason, you have a place um, to come back to see your boys. You got a gym to work out in. Everything you could need is here. You know, you can come spend five days here and see your boys. And then for the guys who are playing, you know, this is a chance to try to compete for a million dollars. So it doesn't get much better than that. And we really, I think, all value the brotherhood. So it helps with getting guys here. Yeah, and Ron, uh, why is it important for you to, you know, come back? I mean, obviously you had a wildly successful career. I mean, you could be off, you know, doing whatever you want. Why, why was this important for you to come back and do? Well, in January I moved here, so Wichita's home. I obviously enjoyed my five years here as a player. I've met a lot of cool people, and a lot of those cool people support this program. So in a way, this is this is an opportunity for me to support where – I basically became who I am. It's a it's an opportunity for me to bring guys back that, like Zach said, that don't get a chance to to come back to Wichita. Don't don't really have a lot going on when they come back to Wichita. They just come in for a weekend. They don't really have plans. But now we have a weekend every summer. Hopefully, we continue to host and people can circuit on their calendar. Gives them opportunity to see all their teammates and have a an event to go to. Yeah. I get asked this all the time. You know, people, when they heard your name was attached, they're like, is he playing? Is he playing? I'm sure you get asked a, a million times. So just kind of, you know, set the record straight. Yep. 
tell people, you know, you're not playing, right? <laughs> I am not playing. That's a capital N-O-T, not. <laughs> uh, hip surgery back in September didn't, didn't turn out too well. I haven't been able to run a whole lot lately. Been putting some pressure on the on the back and and in the hip joint so not feeling the best been golfing a lot playing playing some pickleball here and there and also doing some yoga so i'm ba- i'm back in wichita ready to relax figure out what's mm-hmm. next for my my next adventure yeah and uh yeah obviously it sounds like you know you're interested in getting involved in you know business in the wichita area so kind of tell people you know, wh- where, what vision you kind of have, what you're looking to do, and how this is kind of a, you know, a good little practice, you know, reaching out to people, trying to get sponsorships, sure. you know, making making connections that way. Yeah, so reaching out to sponsors was a lot of fun for me because a lot of these people are people that come to our games as a player. As a player at Wichita, you meet a lot of faces, and sometimes it's hard to remember names. But now that I, I live here, I have the opportunity to reconnect with those people that I had met a couple times as a player. And even as a pro, you'd run into these people in the off seasons throughout your summers here in Wichita and you're gone in August, you're gone for nine to 10 months. And then you kind of forget about those, those folks. There's a lot of really, really neat individuals and, you know, families in, in Wichita. And for me to call this place home, I'm going to be around those people all the time and you can continue to network and meet those people on a day-to-day basis and what better place in Wichita than to be a good person and adventure out in the business world and find a new career. Yeah. And uh, Zach, we kind of mentioned it at the top about this being kind of a family reunion kind of feel, kind of explain what you guys got going on this week, uh, you know, outside of basketball, outside of practice and uh, what you guys have planned for, uh, for Friday night with, you know, all the, the former Past Shocker grades coming here. Yeah, Ron, and um, big shout out to Ryan Hillard um, in the basketball office, who's Goddard from, High, right 2007. There. Let's West go. Side baby. Um, <clears throat> Ryan and Ron did a tremendous job of basically getting a list together of former guys who ended their careers as players here and reached out, let them know this was going to be going on. Um, so we've got an event uh, in the Champions Club here. Before the game, it'll be uh, players only with their plus one. So nice, exclusive thing where players can, you know, mingle, see other players, guys that, you know, they've never had a chance to meet. Um, the young guys have a chance to meet, you know, guys like Fred, Clee, Landry that, you know, I'm sure they look up to and value um, their opinion, what they have to say. Um, and then just some other things around town. Uh, we'll go eat together. We'll have uh, some places reserved and just go out and just spend time one another with one another. You know, it's nothing extravagant we're not going out jet skiing or skydiving or anything yeah. insane but Fred's just, not letting you go on the private jet exactly he's <laughs> he's booked it up all to himself but i think just for us to get to be around one another you know we make it fun and uh wichita's just a great place with plenty of stuff to do and you know like chicken and pickle going and hanging out there um, mm. we're really looking forward to that kind of stuff yeah and then just back to the basketball side of it you know you guys got a you know a really good team coming up a lot of uh you know from what i've seen this week you guys have been pretty impressive you know familiar names you know connor now we get you know samaje marcus mcduffie in the mix you know a lot of big time shot creators and also you know the non-shockers i think fans are going to be impressed by by those three guys and and then you throw in you know fred and landry being here all those past you know great shockers plan on being here uh, you know, Friday night, you know, Coke Arena, that's going to be the, if you're a Wichita State fan or just a fan of Wichita in general, that's the place to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this town loves basketball, and that's what makes it so fun to play here is, 
you know, it's not like this everywhere. Kids forget that, you know, you don't have 10,000 people at your basketball game everywhere you go. There's probably about 20 to 25 programs that really do that consistently year in and year out. And so for us to be able to come back and see these fans, to be able to put on a show, give them reason to come out, it's just exciting. We have such a great relationship with our fans here, and um, they just show so much love and support. I think our guys are extremely excited to play in this uh, environment again because when you leave, you never think you will. Now you've got a chance to in a, in a college tournament-type setting um, with money on the line. I know I think our fans are really itching to see our guys. They give us a ton of energy, so we're hoping this place is, uh, is filled and People are loud. They give mm. us more energy than uh, they probably know. Yeah, and, you know, injuries have been a, a super bummer uh, so far. You know, Jamie, Ture, Nautikel, um, guys like that. You know, obviously you wish they were they were playing, but uh, talk to me about, you know, what you've seen this week. Ron, let's start with mm. you. Just kind of give people, you know, the scouting report on this team. And like I said, a lot of, you know, big-time shot creators, shot makers. What, what have you seen uh, this, this week and what's impressed you so far? I think the most impressing impressing part of this week has been David DeLeo. I was not really familiar with him. Sniper. As, yeah, as far as him overseas, uh, this was his first year over in Spain, Connor Frankham's teammate. He really shoots it at a very, very high level. He's, his size has really impressed me too. I watched some clips of him when he was at Central Michigan. Kind of reminds you of like a, a, a slower Doug McDermott back in those mm-hmm. back in those days. But now he's really leaned out. He's he's been a pro for a year. He has that pro body. He he can really space the floor for us. We've got tremendous guards that can handle the ball at all times. Uh, we're gonna have to find a a good rotation for this team to maximize our potential. I think that's the challenge that is presented to to our our staff, our uh, us ex players. We've we've been the guys for the longest time. It feels like playing, but now trying to get guys to maximize the unit at itself has been challenging for us. But David's been very impressive. I've been impressed with uh, DeMonte Dodd. I uh, wasn't familiar with him, but Richard and him have a, a history. Uh, so we're glad he, you know, he gets a chance to come back and play some, play some with us uh, after shocks. Uh, look, look forward to Friday. I, I think the city's really going to back us like always. That's no surprise at all. Uh, us coaches just got to do a good job in, Make sure that we're putting players in a position to, to help the team. I think that's the biggest thing when you look at TBT is the teams that are really good, they do all the little things right. They don't take plays off. It's it's a it's a grind, and the guards are the guys that kind of make the engine go. So we're going to have to maximize every every possession and give it give it our all. Yeah. I know I just want to interject. I know, you know, fans can be tough when they see, you know, especially guys that are such fan favorites like Jamie, Terrell, Tekel. You don't have to step out due to injury. You know, you have to know that they have to do what's best for their professional career first. Mm-hmm. But Ron and I would never put somebody um, on this roster if they if we hadn't had discussions where they fully intended on coming here and playing. It's never a thing like we're trying to bait fans with big names. We have too much respect for our fan base to do uh, something like that. And so just want them mm-hmm. to know, like, we understand their disappointment. We're disappointed, too. But yeah, those guys have to. Yeah, you know, they, they have gotta to. Do what they got to do, and we especially would never before trick before the, they sign contracts right. too. It's That's like, the toughest part, as as Zach would would know. Um, July is literally the middle of a pro player's off season. Mm-hmm. Tort creeping towards the end. Literally really. the middle. You report usually late August, early September. So as a pro athlete, 
if you don't have a signed deal from a team, you're potentially risking injury. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we can risk injury walking outside this door, but as a as a player, you're you're playing for good money. You, you're risking that. So, to Kel, to Ray, Jamie, they felt like the career this fall was more important, mm-hmm. and we were a hundred percent behind that. Yeah. I think those guys are pros, and they understand what their body, you know, how it feels, and what they got to do to maximize their their pro career and. What's been great is those guys were honest with us, and I think all three of them are going to actually be here this weekend. Okay. So they'll at least come and support us uh, putting on uh, hopefully a good show. Yeah, and Zach, real quick, uh, I think a lot of people, they remember these guys as shockers, guys like, you know, Samaje and Marcus, and, uh, you know, remember the college, ver- or Connor Frankham's the perfect example. You know, he was kind of a role player here. Now he's going to overseas. You know, he's just a, you know, a monster over there. You know, he's averaging 15-plus, you know, his first three years of a pro ball. Kind of give fans kind of a sneak peek of the shocker, you know, uh, shockers on the team, guys like Connor, uh, Samar- uh, Marcus, Samaje, guys like that. Like, wh- what's kind of stuck out to you this week watching them play? Yeah, you know, guys go through a natural evolution as they become professionals. Um, your games grow. They expand. You become a different player. Um, you know, some guys – stay in similar roles, but Connor is a perfect example of it. Um, I think Connor's a guy that confidence is huge for. Over there, he's had some really good years, and I think it's just really built his confidence. He's, you know, everybody's talked about it, but the professional game, you know, suits his style of play. It's tough when you're in college. You've got, you know, you may have other guys that do things really well, and depending on your coach, you may be asked to play a certain style that may not necessarily be what's best for you, but it's best for the group. So as a, a good teammate and a person that wants to win, you know, you oblige to that. So now, you know, he's really playing his style of basketball, and we're putting him in uh, great positions, I think, to, to be successful. But he's been awesome. You know, Marcus seems to be blossoming as a professional, and Samaje is coming off a great year. Richard, I think, is becoming more dynamic, um, you know, being forced to handle the ball and make decisions a little bit more. But... That's what's fun about this. You get to see their evolution every year when they come back, things they've added to their games. Yeah. Then real quick, Connor's in that three-point contest Thursday night, 11 makes. What do you think? How many shots is it going to take him to get 11? <sighs> I'll say it's 13 shots 13. To get 11. Wow. Give him two misses. That's how you say he's going top of the keys. So that's his sweet spot. What do you think, Ron? I heard a pretty low number when – when he made eleven today, yeah, but he did it here after he, practice. If he does, if he does what he did today, I think he'll he'll uh, he'll be just fine. Yeah, I, I won't spoil the <laughs> spoil the listeners, <laughs> but it's it gonna was, come down to Jr. Jr. is a rebounder. Jr. Yeah, Jr. is gonna be on the top of his game, but I don't think he might he might not have very many misses to deal with. So yep. it'll be interesting to watch. And then just real quick, we'll end on this. If you guys are gonna you know win three straight, go to Dayton. What's what's the X factor? Uh, in your guys' minds, what what's got to happen for you guys this you, you know this next week? Just watching TBT, it all comes down to teams that can get stops. They can do the little things, and you can't take plays off. We've seen a lot of these games. A guy will miss a bunny, or he'll miss a uncontested shot, and he'll jog back on defense, and the team will get a quick rebound, one pass, two pass layup. Those those plays will they'll take the air out of you as as a team and you can't allow those to happen, and obviously you gotta on the offensive end it just comes down to making open shots, moving the ball, understanding your role, and that's that's been kind of challenging for Zach and I, but we got another day. Then Friday's coming up, so we'll uh, obviously do our best and 
get this get this thing rolling. Yeah, I'd say um, organization. Like some teams feel like they can just throw out five great uh, overseas professionals out on the floor, but they don't uh, really play well together. So you know, meshing, being cohesive, um, and then having you know something to run. Like you're not going to come out here and run 20 sets, but you got to have something in your back pocket. Um, I think, and then shot selection is huge in this. You can't have one guy that's taking bad shots consistently. Um, you got to share it. You know, turn down a good shot for a great shot. Find the open man, um, and then defensively, it's just I think effort and caring. Some guys, it's it's hard. It's summer. You know, they don't necessarily want to put the body on the line or play extremely hard. But um, if you care enough, you know, and do the little things, box out, defend, rebound, uh, gives you a great chance to win. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Fans who are still, uh, what are you waiting for? If you don't have your tickets, you got to go to uh, GoShockers.com to get those tickets. Three one six nine seven eight fans uh, to call the ticket office. So, um, thanks so much, guys, for having uh, being on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Look, look forward to Friday. Appreciate you getting that audio after the aftershocks practice today. Taylor, looking forward to a great time at the TBT, and hopefully we have a great atmosphere at Coke Arena this weekend. Will once again just be great to see a, a hopefully a capacity crowd or very lively crowd like we saw a few years ago. Let's turn our focus to the current Shockers, this 2021-2022 team, and the biggest news of the offseason, Tyson Etienne, the American Co-player of the year is returning to Wichita State for going, going into the NBA draft. You had a lot of fantastic coverage. You talked to Tyson. You talked to people in his orbit. So just, you know, give us some perspective on the decision that was made and and now what, as he comes back, what Tyson's looking to improve on in his third season with the Shockers. Yeah, so I think he came in to the draft process with little, little fanfare. I mean, a, a lot of people... A lot of pro scouts, because they weren't able to travel last year, didn't get to see him in person. So all they're doing is watching film. And when you watch him at Wichita State, he basically was just, you know, pretty much just still a spot-up shooter for the most part. So a lot of teams had him kind of pegged uh, before workouts as, you know, okay, this guy's just a spot-up, you know, undersized spot-up guy. Uh, You know, it's going to be an uphill battle. And I think Tyson really opened up a lot of eyes, you know, in in the NBA scouting world. Uh, you know, with his athleticism and then, you know, being put on the ball, running pick and rolls, making reads. Uh, he's very, very good at that. He showed flashes of that at Wichita State. He had a couple of games where he shifted towards a uh, point guard, but obviously with Altery Gilbert, you know, they, they didn't really need him there. Uh, so he played mostly off ball. But I think uh, what, what Tyson did was his, sky, his stock uh, skyrocketed. He really, really improved. Uh, his game, and I think what he did was he put himself on that radar. It's very similar to how I think Landry Shamit kind of did it, where you know he had that game against Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, and, and scouts were like, "Okay, we're paying attention to you now. You know, we know who you are. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on you." I think the same thing is going to happen with Tyson. Now he has everyone's attention, and now he's going to come back to Wichita State. I was just talking to IB today. You know, they're going to put him on the ball a lot. You don't want to, you know. He's so good at shooting. He's so good at coming off those pin down screens and, and popping up and, and just, you know, firing from the outside. You don't want to take him away from his bread and butter all the time, but I do think he's going to be, you know, on, on the ball, creating out of the pick and roll a lot for this Wichita State team. And uh, so I think he's going to have a monster season. I mean, he's basically all but confirmed that this is going to be his last year. So he's basically a senior. 
Uh, that's how, you know, WSU fans should treat him. This is the last go around for him, but I, I think he's going to make it a really, really special one. And by going through these pro workouts and seeing what NBA teams want, how they operate, how they work, um, I think this has only improved Tyson's game. And he's still going to, you know, stay up there and work out and basically train like he's still going into the NBA draft and, and then come to Wichita, you know, later this summer. And I think that's just going to really set him up for um, a huge season. Uh, he's still going to be a sophomore, I guess. So uh, another huge sophomore season as, as kind of this lead creator is how I would kind of label him, the lead creator for this Wichita State team who, uh, now that he's back in the fold, is looking very, very salty. I thought it was interesting, yeah, the video he posted on Instagram announcing he's coming back called it the last dance, so just like the series on the Bulls there, one more go-round. Also had the tweets from folks after the Drake game. Uh, obviously, that was not how he wanted to end his collegiate career, so hopefully we'll come back and, and have a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, he mentioned that, too, that uh, he, he said that there was just a, you know, a sour taste in his mouth. He did not want to leave college having that Drake game be his last performance in a Shocker uniform. And I think he really cares about that, you know, his legacy at, at Wichita State. And, uh, you know, obviously he had such a such a good year. You know, obviously when you think back, you're not going to think about the Drake game. It's not going to be the first thing that comes to mind. You know, being the co-player of the year in the American, you're going to think of all those threes he made and all those, you know, clutch baskets, you know, the and one against Temple down the stretch. And, uh, you know, all the times he came up big, and obviously, Wichita State would not have been in that position against Drake, you know, without him. But, you know, obviously that game is going to, you know, it's maybe not haunt him, but it definitely drives him. I know he uses that. I, I talked to him, and uh, he uses that as motivation. Uh, he reads those comments. That's why he has those screenshots uh, saved, you know, talking about how, you know, he's overrated or, you know, uh, was a, a bust or let his team down or cost his team the game. You know, he uses that fuel. And all the trainers I've talked to just said, this guy works harder than anyone we've ever had. Uh, you know, the work ethic is just insane. And he, he's been training like a pro basically since he was a teenager. I mean, even though he's not, you know, in the NBA, he's training just like NBA players do right now. So, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think he set up, uh, set himself up for a monster year at Wichita State. And then just because of the personnel, I think he's going to be on the ball a lot. And, you know, when the ball is in your best player's hands a lot, I mean, that's, that's a very good, uh, very good combination. And I think that he's in store uh, for maybe not a repeat season, but I think you're going to see the points stay at least the same. Maybe they go up, maybe they go down a little, but the efficiency should go up, especially the two-point percentage. I think he's going to finish a lot better. And I think you're going to see the assist numbers double at least. And, you know, I think he's going to be around that four assist mark uh, maybe he even climbs up to five. Uh, we'll just have to see how much point guard he plays, but I think you're going to see the efficiency climb and the playmaking climb too. Shocker's non-conference schedule is kind of starting to come into shape. Of course, they have the event out in Las Vegas, the Roman main event, Friday, November 19th. They'll take on Arizona. 
They'll either play UNLV or Michigan on Sunday, November 21st. That's the weekend before Thanksgiving. That arena out there, the T-Mobile Arena, that's where we just saw Conor McGregor shatter his leg last weekend in Vegas. But I've already talked to a lot of uh, Shocker fans. That should be a great time out there. Friday, November 26th at Mizzou. Wednesday, December 1st at Oklahoma State. And Sunday, December 5th, K-State at Intrust Bank Arena. So Coach Isaac Brown's been able to, I know there's some buy games that'll get added in there as well, but really been able to put together a non-conference schedule that should, you know, as we've talked about many times, in the past help build that NCAA tournament resume. Yeah, I mean, I, I just posted their schedule today. I, I found out, like you said, those buy games and, you know, the Coke Arena schedule is, is pretty rough. I will not lie. You know, there's not a lot of games at Coke Arena that to get excited about, uh, but, you know, that's, that's you know, might, might be bad for fans, but it's good for WSU's net ranking because, you know, the way to kind of game the net or you know, at least, you know, improve your odds of, of getting a, a great resume is by playing games on the road and at neutral sites, which is what they're doing because, you know, they're, they're getting Arizona and Vegas, and if you win that, you're probably getting Michigan. So, you know, those are two marquee games right there. And then back-to-back at Mizzou, at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, both of those should be Q1 games. And you get K-State at a, a semi-neutral at Interest Bank. So, um, you know, they're non-conference. I think they need... I would I would guess they add one more, maybe not a marquee, like a big, big name uh, opponent, but I bet they add one more at Coke Arena. They're going to try to get, they got, I think they have two open dates right now. And so I, I bet they're, they're going to try to bring at least someone, uh, you know, uh, that, that might be a Q2. It's got to be top 75, I believe, uh, to be Q2 at, at home. So, um, you know, they, they have a little wiggle, wiggle room. Uh, they're still playing with it, but, uh, as it stands right now, you're looking at, you know, probably three uh, Q1 games uh, alone in the non-conference. And then hopefully the Americans going to be better this year. So, you, you know, you would hope that you would get, you know, a few more Q1 games from, from uh, conference play as well. So I think WSU, uh, the way it's shaping up is they should have, that was the knock on them last year. You remember, I mean, they, they didn't really have that marquee win outside of the, the win against Houston at home, I think there's going to, they're going to get a lot more opportunities at that Q1 win uh, this season. So that's all you can do as a coach. You know, just give yourself as many good opportunities, put your team in the best oppor- best you know situation as possible. And I think that's what Isaac Brown and his Dobo Dominic O'Cone have done. They had the home and home with Old Miss these last two years. Do you know is the American and the SEC going to continue that series? I've heard that that is off now, so I'm still working to confirm that with the uh, American Conference. But, yeah, I've been told that uh, they are no longer doing that. Okay. Well, there you have it. Let's take a break. We'll talk to C.J. Moore. He had a great profile on Coach Isaac Brown last week at The Athletic, and we'll get his thoughts on the Shockers this season. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. If you subscribe to The Athletic, you're able to read a fantastic profile on Coach Isaac Brown posted last Thursday by our current guest, C.J. Moore of The Athletic. C.J., how are you today? Hey, doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great and appreciate you taking the time. It's always good to talk a little college basketball in the middle of the summer. Sounds like you had about two days to shadow Coach Brown 
in Wichita and, and really enjoyed the article that you posted on The Athletic last week. In your time with Coach Brown, was there anything that surprised you? Oh, man. Uh, I, I don't know that anything really surprised me. You know, I'd, I'd been able to spend a little time around him in the past, so kind of had an idea um, what what he's like. But, uh, you know, it was a very pleasant time, and um, I, I think that he definitely, um, you know, it's, like it, it's just a happy place to be around, and, and, and he seems to um, – you know, have a staff that, that enjoys working with him and, 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 a, and a roster that enjoys working with him. And, and, um, I just think it's a, maybe a little less stressful place than it used to be back in the day. Yeah. And I enjoyed your quote, you know, it's hard to find anyone that would say anything bad about IB and, and then also talking about six degrees of Kevin Bacon, just talk a little bit about some of the other folks you were able to connect with some of the previous coaches that had coached IB and that IB had coached with and kind of what they had to say about uh, him and now this opportunity he has at Wichita State. Yeah, you know, I, I was I reached out to um, some guys he played for at uh, in Monroe. You know, the, the, the last school he was at um, during his college career, and and um, had tr- tried to talk to Mike White and uh, John Pelfrey too, and, and actually connected with them, and then wasn't able to talk to him right you know before the story. But um, you know, the one thing that stood out to me is like every every person I reached out to. Um, was like eager and, and wanting to talk, you know, happy to talk about him and, and had nothing but nice things to say just because, um, you know, I, I try to get this across in the story. I think he's done a really good job of um, keeping in contact with people. And I, I think one of the hardest things in, in life, is, you know, as you find as you get older is to, is to stay in contact with people and, um, you know, uh, to, to actually – genuinely reach out and, and, and see how everybody's doing and, and, and try to keep those relationships going just because, you know, life sometimes will take you in different places and, and it's easy to lose touch. But I think he's done a really good job of, of staying in contact with people and, and he really cares a lot about relationships. Right as your article was coming out, Tyson Etienne also announced that he would return to Wichita State and forego entering the NBA draft. So in your opinion, does he enter as you know the preseason player of the year in the American? What do you expect to see from him in his third year at Wichita State? And and just big picture for the Shockers, what does that news mean for the team? Yeah, I think that's huge. I, I think he's he's probably, you know, yeah, I think you have to put him as the preseason player of the year considering he... He just won that award and, and uh, he he shared it with uh, Grimes, who's gone, right? So so I think he's he's the favorite. I I think it's huge for them just because um, you know it's if if he had left, maybe you don't know who the go to scorer is and and um, you know that he just has so, he's such a good shooter that that he spaces the floor and makes it you know life easier for you, Desi, and all that. Um, so getting him back is is huge, and I think it's big for their culture too because I I think he's a you know, from, from everything I gather, he's a really, really good leader and, um, you know, a, a guy that just can, can unite a, a group. So I think getting him back is, is huge for, for the Shockers and, I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the American. In looking at the American as a whole, we talked a lot last season. It was really Houston and and then kind of not a lot else after that. The Shockers were able to get into the NCAA tournament but lose in the first four. We did see Memphis win the NIT, and the hope was when the Shockers went from the Missouri Valley to the American Conference that you know, you're know you going from a one-bid league to a two to three, maybe even a four on a good year league. So what do you see the American Conference looking like this season? You know, I, I think that um... – 
obviously you have Wichita State, Houston, and Memphis. Like going in, I think all three of those teams, um, you expect to probably be NCAA tournament teams. Like I, I think Memphis was close last year and, and you know, obviously um, proved that, that they were probably a team good enough to play in the NCAA tournament going through the NIT and winning it. Um, so I think those are clearly the best three teams. Um, I think SMU's got a roster that could, could potentially be an NCAA tournament team. Um, you know, outside of those, that grouping, um, I think there's there's some obviously some unproven teams in in the league. Um, you know, you'd hope that eventually Temple will um, get back to to kind of being what Temple used to be, and and uh, you know Tulsa is always right there, and, and maybe Tulsa will be a little bit better. But um, you know, I, I think that the league is 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 in decent shape. Um, I, I think if West Miller can get it going at Cincinnati. And you've got a group of SMU, Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston, Wichita State that are pretty consistently good. Um, you know, then it props the league up, and and you can you can talk about, you know, some years of the American maybe being a top five league in college basketball, or or you know, kind of jumping up into the mix with with some of the the high high majors. But um, you know, I think the league's in decent shape. Obviously, losing Connecticut um, a year ago that did, did, didn't help, but. Um, you know, those those programs at the top are in pretty good shape. One of the biggest headlines over the last few weeks was the name, image, and likeness rules that uh, have impacted the NCAA. In your article, you actually reference that the fact that WSU might be able to use that to their advantage since they're really the, the only ticket in town. So um, kind of big picture, what do you see that having an impact on the sport of college basketball, if any? And then also maybe, you know, looking to the Shockers, do you think that potentially elevates the type of recruit they're able to go after yeah I, I think the impact in college basketball will maybe be you know right now it's probably being a little overblown because I, I i think most places will end up with the same players they were going to end up with whether this rule was in effect or not but there are a select few um that it will probably help and and those places are um places like wichita where you know it's the biggest show in town or, um, you know, a school maybe like Texas Tech, where like it's got a booster that is um, really, really wants to make an impact, you know, really wants to make an impact and has money to throw around um, or, or a group of, of boosters that, that can do that. So, um, you know, I think there are some schools that, that maybe can elevate themselves in the recruiting world just a, just a hair and, and which I'll say could be one of those schools, I, you know. Um, there's not many places in college basketball with a more passionate fan base or with a more lively arena and, and um, you know, that, that, that loves the student athletes as much as they do. And, and, and yeah, those are the kids that can probably benefit from the rule. You pointed out in your article, a lot of the, you know, same tendencies from the Marshall era to coach IB were there in year one, one area that they didn't necessarily do as well as was in rebounding. So do you think there's more of a focus for the Shockers on rebounding this season? Well, I just think he, he addressed that with his roster, um, you know, bringing in the, not Steve, I'm going to say Steve. Abilene, Abilene Christian. Yeah, Abilene I, Christian. I make that mistake yeah. all the time too. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm blanking on his name here. Help, help me out. Joe Pleasant. Joe Pleasant. There you go. Kansas City kid. So, yeah, my bad, Joe. Um, he, I actually interviewed him for the piece. I don't think I quoted him, but he, he was a, you know, really well-spoken young man and, and, um, you know, excited to, to, to play for IB. So, um, I think he'll help there. 
um, IB talked about, you know, making that a priority and, and, you know, even in the workout that I saw, like, you know, Houston came up talking to his big guys, like, Hey, you know, you guys got to, um, you know, step it up on the boards when we play a team like that, like you're about to face the monsters. So, um, I, I do think that'll be an area that they try to improve. And, and, and like I said, I think he, he addressed it some with, with his recruiting. Outside of Wichita State and the American, who do you think will be the best teams in college basketball this year? Oh, man. Well, Gonzaga will probably be preseason number one. Um, you know, Chet Holmgren is the highest, you know, the top rated high school kid coming in. Um, he is really, really gifted. They're going to have just a dynamite front line um, with him and um drew timmy so that's that's going to be a tough team to to deal with and um you know andrew nimhard returns the point guard so uh, outside of him i'm you know you got some question marks about their backcourt because they they're bringing in some highly rated kids but they're, they're going to be freshmen but that, that's going to seem be a team that's really high up there um you know if illinois gets kofi kofi Co- coburn i that name is hard to say. If they get him back and uh, pair, you know, able to compare him with Andre Corbello, he's going. They're going to be really good. Kansas is going to be good again. I think KU, you know, helped itself with with the transfer portal and obviously getting Oshai Baji back was was big. Texas has a ridiculously deep and talented roster. Um, sticking in Big Twelve country, I think Baylor's going to still be really good. Villanova is going to be good. So you know, it's the it's the usual suspects up there. Kentucky's got a got a ton of talent again so it's the teams that you expect i think are, are, are going to be up there and um you know houston and wichita state i i if, if i were building the top 25 right now uh I, i'd probably have them in there as, as, as preseason top 25 teams we appreciate you taking the time today uh for our listeners who don't subscribe to the athletic maybe give us a little idea of of the type of content that you can get i know Nate Taylor does a great job with the Chiefs. You got Alec Lewis with the Royals, yourself on college basketball. But uh, what else can we expect from the Athletic? Well, if you like a professional team, um, basically almost in any sport, like we're, we're covering them. Um, if you like soccer overseas, uh, we're covering that. And, uh, you know, if, if you're a big college basketball fan, I don't think anybody's um, from a national perspective is covering the sport like we are. And uh, I live in Kansas City and, and um, you know, try to make it down to Wichita several times a year and uh, plan to, to, to be down there, um, you know, hopefully before the season even starts and, and doing some more Wichita State stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, if you love sports, hopefully you'll uh, you'll give us a chance because we cover it from about every angle. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on the app about every day, it seems like. Great content coming out all times from a national perspective and also from a local perspective. So that's great. We appreciate you taking the time, CJ. Our listeners can follow him on Twitter at CJ Moore Hoops. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me on, Bob. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. We appreciate CJ Moore for taking the time. He's been on the show for many years out of the nine seasons of Talk Angry. Taylor, let's talk about something that we talked with CJ in the interview, and that's the name, image, and likeness 
changes that have happened in in NCAA. We saw uh, Morris Udeze and Dexter Dennis have a deal there on the first day. CJ actually said in a place like Wichita, uh, Shocker players might be able to take advantage more than maybe other folks just because really they're the only ticket in town. No offense to the wind surge, but uh, that uh, people go crazy for Shocker basketball here in Wichita. So just from your experience, what do you think this name, image, and likeness rules will, will have an impact on a program like Wichita State? Yeah, I mean, I, I even remember uh, like three or four years ago, Greg Marshall kind of talked about this, and he said that he thought it was going to be a recruiting advantage for Wichita State because just like you guys said, uh, you know, Wichita State basketball is the big thing in town. It's the number one ticket. Uh, you know, these guys are, are, you know, celebrities here. You know, I think of like Tyson Etienne. You know, this guy is probably the most famous athlete in Wichita, and, you know, guys like that, even, you know, Mo. Mo Udeze, Dexter Dennis, guys like that, you know, they, they have that name rec- recognition. And, uh, yeah, you've seen a couple of the online-only stuff, uh, uh, you know, come out uh, as far as agreements. And I think you're going to see a lot more uh, local um, local stuff coming up soon. I was talking to uh, Mo Udeze this week at practice, and uh, he said he's got a – they're doing the Carlos O'Kellys. They're bringing it back. And uh, I think it's him and Monzi, and uh, I think it's just those two. Uh, but, you know, now they can do the Carlos O'Kelly's commercial before they graduate. So um, and, and I think a lot of, you're going to see a lot of other, you know, local businesses kind of reach out and get these guys to do, you know, commercials or sponsored posts on social media or, you know, whatever it is. So um, I think it's a good thing for Wichita State. Uh, it's obviously a good thing for the student athletes. Uh, I was talking to Fred about it, too, today, and uh, he said he doesn't even consider it a win because he thinks this should have been done, you know, years and years ago. He said, this is, you know, the starting point, not a win. I mean, this is what it should have been all along. Now we can build from it. And he said, you know, there's still, you know, uh, conversations to be had about, you know, revenue sharing. And you think about, you know, all the money that Wichita State made when, you know, Fred and Ron were here, uh, you know, going to the final four and, you know, going 35 and 0. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an exciting time. Uh, and I think Wichita State can, uh, you know, profit off of it, uh, you know, because you can pitch that in recruiting. You know, you can come here, be the biggest thing in town and, you know, get, and get sponsorships. Going back to the Carlos O'Kelly's deal, you don't have to pay me any, you know, financially uh, any funds. I'll just take some queso dip and we can have like a talk angry uh, segment uh, sponsored by Get on Carlos O'Kelly's. We can do that. I've got the remote set up. <laughs> there is no reason we have to. We can just show up and just plug in at the table and just eat queso and talk. Yeah. Queso and Mars. I, I, I wouldn't mind Nola's too. If Nola's is listening, I eat there like three times a week. So Taylor, uh, since our last show, the roster has been finalized. They didn't decide to utilize that last scholarship, but we have five newcomers. I know you talked to Kerry Rosenboom in the summer about what's going on in the weight room, but just talk a little bit about those five newcomers and what you, uh, well, I guess Kenny's not here yet, but the, the, the new guys, what you've heard both on the basketball court and in the weight room and anything else you want to add? Yeah. So the newcomers. So yeah, let's start with the, the transfers first. Um, we'll go Joe Pleasant. Um, this guy is, you know, Mr. Mr. Reliable. I think IB speaks very, very highly of him. Um, you know, this is a, a guy that's just, you know, uh, a glue guy. You know, he's not probably not going to come in and average 15 points a game. This is a guy that's going to do a lot of little things. Uh, he can play the four, and I think he's going to surprise people. I think he can play a lot of five, too. I've said he's very, very confident at, at using him at the five. Uh, so you could see him play minutes behind Mo, 
and also, you know, play minutes at the four too. And, you know, he's a, he's a knockdown shooter. He can do, you know, space the fours, uh, you know, sit camp out in the corner, uh, you know, just wait for the kick out three. Uh, he's going to be, uh, you know, he shot, I think he was uh, low 40 uh, percent on catch and shoots last year at Abilene Christian. And obviously everybody remembers that free throw he made, uh, free throws he made against Texas to knock them out of the March Madness. So uh, he's, uh, I know Ivy is very excited about him. And then Quay Grant's another one that they think can come in and make an instant impact. He's a junior. I should say uh, Joe is a junior too. And uh, so Quay can come in. Uh, he can play the one. He can play the two. Uh, he's got a big body. Uh, kind of reminds me of watching him. Uh, he reminds me of Kyle Lowry. Uh, he's, he's very physical for a point guard, can guard way bigger than his size, plus rebounder. And uh, I think he's a guy that can come in and, and bring a scoring punch too. You know, he's a score first guard and, you know, a little, little in the same mold as, you know, a, a Samaje or an Altery Gilbert, somebody like that. You're going to see him push the ball in transition a lot uh, and, and try to score that way as well. So I think those two guys, you know, from day one, okay, they're in the rotation. I don't know if they're going to start. Uh, probably not. Uh, maybe Joe at the four, but they're going to, you know, they're going to play a big minute. So those two you can count on. Then you got Matt McFar- Matt McFarlane, uh, a six ten center, super super raw. I've, I've told you know he's he's still learning kind of how to play at a high level. You know, hasn't he doesn't have you know the the high AAU experience anything like that. Very raw, but very very talented. Ivy gets you know very so excited when he's talking about you know what this guy can do super athletic 610 guy you know a human eraser is just going to block a ton of shots when he's in there uh can do some you know some uh, uh nice things on offense that uh, you know hard roller can finish at the rim can just throw him lobs uh so yeah it's just gonna you know probably take some time for him to adjust to this high a level but i think that's the guy who can come in and you know play playing spurts and, and really kind of, uh, you know, affect the game with his length and athleticism. Uh, then you got the two freshmen. Uh, you mentioned Kenny Poto. He's not here. I've been told that he's not going to be here until the middle of August. Now he's still overseas in his home country, uh, Switzerland. Uh, and he's still, uh, you know, playing with the national team there. I think there he's playing in like the U18 or U19 or something like that. So um, we're not going to get a chance to see him until August. And then Jalen Ricks, heard nothing but good things about this guy i've heard uh you know i was talking to ib about him and he said he was so impressed with his shooting ability you know he he knew he was a good shooter coming in but he came in and he's you know been a top-notch shooter uh, at that college three-point line and that's what this team is going to need i think that's the only missing ingredient you know this team has so much talent so much athleticism it might just come down to can these guys make enough three pointers to, to you know uh, keep the defense on it. So I think you know Jalen Ricks might might see some playing time right away. You know as a true freshman, if he can bring that three point shot, you know obviously it's going to take an adjustment. You know learning uh, the physicality at this level, uh, you know learning the defense, the attention to detail, stuff like that. But as far as you know, pure shooting. This guy's ready to go right away. I was most impressed by the recruiting of Jalen Ricks. I mean, two weeks uh, before he made his decision, IB gets in there. He recruited himself. That's one thing CJ talks about in his article is IB still does a lot of things as the head coach that maybe he had as a role when he was the assistant coach. And I, I think people can see that. They see how genuine IB is, and, and that led to him choosing Wichita State over some other high major schools. Yeah, I think uh, I remember talking to him about uh, about that with Jalen. 
uh, he said, you know, I've been, I've been getting, you know, recruited since, you know, ninth grade, basically by D one coaches. I can tell the ones who are phony, the ones who, you know, don't really care. And he said, when he talked to IB, he just really, really stood out. And I think that's why you saw, you know, Wichita State swoop in there at the 11th hour and kind of, uh, you know, steal him. And uh, you look at the two high school kids that he's bringing in, you know, Jalen Ricks from Oak Hill Academy, one of the most prestigious prep schools in the country. Kenny Poto from Sunrise Christian Academy, you know, one of the best prep schools in the country right now. So, you know, getting kids that have played at, you know, who are used to playing NBA guys, who are used to playing D1 guys every single game, I think those that, that that's going to prepare these guys, uh, you know, and, and get them ready to go at the, the AAC level quicker than most freshmen would. Focusing on the returning players, which one player do you think makes the biggest jump from, from last season to this season? Ricky Council. This guy is a freak. I've seen a couple of practices now, and this guy is just an absolute monster. He's the best player on the floor a lot of the time. And that's saying something because, you know, Dexter Dennis is playing very, very well. Every time I've seen him play has been, uh, you know, I've been very impressed with his off the dribble. Uh, you know, obviously everyone knows he can shoot it, but he has looked so much more comfortable uh, putting the ball on the floor. He's had some very impressive finishes at the rim, not dunks, but, you know, just floaters, uh, you know, tough finishes to the side, finishing through contact, you know, stuff that Wichita State fans probably wanting to be, you know, wanting to see these last three years, you know, this is the version of Dexter Dennis. Um, you know, I think he's primed for a big year too, but Ricky Council, this guy, man, he is, you know, shooting the ball pretty well, uh, but it's just his athleticism. He is just throwing down ridiculous dunks, you know, just, uh, you know, posterizing people. You know, if he gets it in transition with a full head of steam, he is dunking over. It doesn't matter who's in front of him. He's just going up and just jumping over people and, uh, I think what you're going to see with this year's team is just from my, you know, just watching them for a few times, you know, they are going to throw a lot, a lot, a lot of alley-oop dunks. We're going to see, you know, you got Dexter, you got Ricky Council, you got Monzi, all three of those guys can just go up and get it. And then you got, you know, even like Craig Porter, uh, Craig Porter can, he's, his hops are back. Uh, you know, he's looking way more explosive. Uh, you know, the shot is still going to be the question mark with him. If he can, you know, uh, make enough just to keep defenses defenses honest, but he his hops are you know you can just see it. He's just you know it looks like he's jumping off a trampoline. Uh, he's very good at offensive rebounding, uh, very good at defense uh, with his length and uh, his uh, you know athleticism. And now that you know he's a hundred percent healthy, you know you were starting to see that what that JUCO All American looked like uh, you know uh, back in Indiana. So. I think uh, those are the guys I've been impressed with, but the guy who's going to take the biggest jump, you know, Dexter's already good, uh, but, you know, Ricky, you know, we saw flashes of it last season. I think that the challenge for him this year is going to be the consistency. You know, that's how you become a star, not just doing it, you know, every other night. That's what Tyson did this last season. You know, he was a star. He was the co-player of the year because he brought it just about every single night. And I think you're going to see that from, uh, from Ricky, uh, or at least, you know, this summer, he's just been looking like an absolute monster. So I think Wichita State fans should be very, very excited when you can put roll out a lineup of Tyson, Ricky, Dexter, Bonzi, and then Mo. And Mo's another one, too. I forgot to mention him, but his, his uh, mid-range jump shot has been very impressive. Uh, he's been knocking it down, looking way more comfortable dribbling the ball, 
you know, uh, he hasn't, from what I've been seeing, he hasn't been, you know, doing too many low post moves. I think he's really focusing on, you know, working on that jump shot and trying to make defensive uh, pay. So that's just going to open up his post moves, which is what we saw him do uh, most of the last season. And he was already effective doing that. So if you can add a reliable jumper, I don't think he's going to be shooting threes, but I think he is going to add that 15 foot jump shot. And that's just going to, you know, expand his game even more. What do you think Wichita State falls in the preseason rankings? And is Tyson your preseason player of the year? I think they are going to be voted third, if I had to guess. I think uh, Houston is just going to have the respect of everyone. Uh, you know, even if they, they might not be the most talented team, uh, I think Calvin Ke- uh, Sampson deserves the benefit of the doubt. So I think they'll be one. And then I think, you know, Memphis is going to be like the media darlings uh, yet again. Uh, you know, at some point in time, you know, Memphis, they're going to have to prove it on the court. You know, obviously they had that nice run at the end of the last season winning the NIT. But, uh, you know, I feel like Memphis has had just as much talent, if not the most, you know, what, the last two years now. And, you know, they've not finished uh, in the top three, I, I don't believe. Uh, they haven't been, uh, you know, contending for that that conference championship at, at, at the very least. So, um, But I, I do think just because of all the players they brought in, some of the key pieces coming back, they, they'll be two. I think Wichita State goes three. And then after that, probably SMU would be my guess. And then UCF uh, would, would probably round out the top five. And I think Tyson's got to be the preseason player of the year. Uh, it's either got to be him or Kendrick Davis who, who came back at S- SMU. Maybe you see them share it at the preseason awards. It's just going to come down to you know what coaches vote for who. But I, I do think that Tyson will be – at minimum, you know, uh, a co-player of the year for preseason. It's great to be back behind the mic with you guys. And for the first time in season nine, let's go to producer Brian. It's buy or sell time. All right, brace yourselves. So we've talked some about newcomers, returning players, but there's openings in the starting lineup. Now you can pencil in or probably Sharpie in three players. You're expecting Udeze, you're expecting Tyson, you're expecting Dennis in the starting lineup. So for these last two spots, buy or sell, I'm going to say Ricky Council and Joe Pleasant. Buy or sell. Let's go to you, Dustin. I'm going to sell that. I think my guy Monzi Jackson is in the starting lineup. I don't have much more analysis than that. I just That's what I think. <laughs> I, got, I got Monzi's my guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. I think uh, I think Ivy likes uh, Joe. Uh, he's a veteran. You know, He knows where to be. Uh, I think that's valuable in the starting lineup. I don't think, uh, I, I think Monzi is his energy. He, it's so valuable coming off the bench. I mean, he just comes in games and, and completely changes the tone of them. I think that's valuable to have coming off the bench. So even if, you know, Monzi might have a better statistical year uh, than Pleasant, I think uh, Joe ends up starting at least uh, at the start of the season and then just going from there. And I, I think I'd be, I think he likes uh, Monzi coming off the bench, but we'll see. I, I, I would not be shocked because I think Monty could have a big year too. All right, so we're going to open it up. We're going to talk a little bit wider about the AAC for a little bit. We've talked some about SMU. Maybe they get healthier, get in a better position. Kendrick Davis coming back. They could be strong. We've talked about Houston, you know, is always going to be a contender. But I want to know who you think is going to make the biggest jump. So I'm going to give you a name, and you let me know if you agree or disagree. You buy or sell. UCF makes the biggest jump up the standings this season. Yeah, and I'll buy that. I like UCF. I like what they have coming back, and I like what they added. So I think uh, I think that's a good pick. Um, 
you know, I want to say SMU, but I don't think, I think they finished like fourth last year. So I don't think they'll jump up too much from that. But I think UCF is a team that could go from the lower half of the standings uh, definitely to the upper half. I'll tell you who's going to drop, and that's South Florida. They had about their whole damn team leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to say Temple. I'm going to say these Temple boys, they, they were Taylor's darling. Did Taylor teach you nothing? They were Taylor's darling for many years, and I, I'm going to get Don't on that Temple it, train this year. Don't do it. They'll, they'll just break your heart. <laughs> they'll just break your heart. <laughs> All right. So we talked some about Memphis. You know, they've had the NIT run. They've got so much talent. This year, Larry Brown joining as an assistant coach, which, how old is he? 170 now? Something like that. Um, Buy or sell, they disappoint again and miss the NCAA tournament. I will buy that every day of the week because <laughs> Memphis is so damn overrated. What, they haven't done anything since joining the American, and I know they're not excited about winning an NIT title. Penny was flirting with going to the Orlando Magic and being their coach, which was really just to get out of there before the, the heat gets too hot on them. So I will buy that 100%. Yeah, that's tough. I think they, they have to... To get in. I think this is going to be an, uh, an up year for the American. I think they're going to get four teams in. That's my hot take. So, I mean, I'm going to have to go Memphis. I, mean, I think they'll be one of the four. Finally, buy or sell, we're going to go season as a whole. You know, it's 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 a long ways from starting, but we've got all this optimism. Roster is set. Schedules, non-conference coming together, looking pretty good. Buy or sell, Wichita State makes the NCAA tournament, and enters as a top 25 team. Yeah, I'll buy that. I think, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very high on Etienne coming back. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, after watching these guys practice a few times, I think Dexter and Ricky are looking like, you know, uh, just absolute beasts. And, you know, mow down low. I think he gets, you know, he's a pretty polarizing figure, I would say, for Shocker fans. I mean, he's a lot of good. You know, a lot of bad, you know, the, the turnovers are frustrating. I get it. But, you know, he all in all, I mean, he, he did way more good. I think he had a very underrated season. I think uh, a, a year uh, more of training uh, now that he has the confidence built. He knows that he can, you know, he's the guy here at Wichita State at the five. So I think they're primed for, you know, they're not going to enter as a top 25 team. But I think they, they can play their way into it, especially, you know, you, you go out to Vegas. You make a statement out there, you know, Michigan's going to be very highly ranked is my guess. Uh, you know, you take care of business against Arizona and then, you know, you, you shake it up and, you know, if you beat uh, Michigan, you go Arizona, Michigan uh, right away off the start. I think you, you can, uh, you know, get in the top 25 and get a lot of respect that way. So they're going to have a chance. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to disappoint. I think this is going to be a very, very good season for, for WSU. So I think they do finish top 25 and get to the tournament. I enthusiastically buy this. I think they are a lock for the NCAA tournament. As Tyson said, this is the last dance. I think they have a ton of talent. I think they're coming in as a top three team in the league. But let yeah, let's just look at this non-conference schedule. Arizona, I think they beat them. They've had a lot of turnover. Michigan, I'm not so sure. But Mizzou, Okie State, and K-State, I think they take care of all those teams. And if you go out and you beat on an SEC... On the road? On the road. You, you beat an SEC team and you beat two Big 12 teams, you're going to get the respect. I think if there was a top 40 rankings right now, Wichita State would be in it, somewhere between that 35 to 40 range. Actually, our guy John Rothstein, Rothstein Files, had them in his top 40. So... 
if they come out and they start the season hot, boom, you're, you're top 25, baby. And I think, you know, you're probably going to split with Houston. They might, you know, I, I'm going to say they beat Memphis twice. Maybe I'm just drinking a lot of Kool-Aid in this <laughs> summer, but I, I do not buy I don't know. Memphis. Memphis. I mean, Memphis did win by 20 last year. Well, that was on the road. They didn't, you know, they were scared <laughs> to play at home. Penny could have had it happen, but he said, "No, I don't want to go to Wichita." SMU was scared of us last year, but I'm high on these boys. We need to get behind them. They're going to be in the top 25. I'll tell you that. SMU was scared. Oh man, yeah. Bo- SMU is my new SMU is my new temple. I, I love them more than than they probably deserve because all they do is disappoint too well all they love was the covid last year <laughs> we got to got that figured out and we'll we'll be going good this year bonus round tbt you know it's a different format teams coming together at the last minute chemistry can be a challenge how far do you think the aftershocks can make it i mean they have the home crowd advantage what do you see happening uh for that roster this weekend taylor you're the expert yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they'll have a problem, uh, you know, taking care of uh, the X-Packs uh, first round. And then, you know, it gets a little, you're going to have to bring, you know, play pretty well that second round. You know, whether it's Creighton or K-State, I think both of those teams have, uh, you know, squads that, that could make a run. So you're going to have to play well. And, you know, this team, this WSU team, has just been, you know, so many injuries, you know, leading up to this thing. And that's going to be the key. And like I said, Willis is, you know, nursing a kind of a, a bum hamstring right now, and he would be a perfect, you know, five for this tournament. So they don't really have much depth. You know, they have DeMonte Dodd, like I said, big 6'10 guy out of Maryland. Uh, outside of that, they don't have a lot of big guys that, that can play at the five. They might have to suit up studs, and, uh, you know, if, <laughs> if Daryl can't go, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, uh, you know, a fun weekend. They're going to have to play well. Um, I, I think they make it to the championship game. That's my prediction. From there, you know they're gonna, you know they're gonna have to play really, really well uh, to to make it to Dayton. ALS is, you know, no joke. They are, you know, a very uh, they have the experience in this. They know what it takes to win to make a deep run. So um, they're gonna be a very, very tough opponent, assuming they come out of that side of the bracket. Uh, but who knows? You know that Arkansas team is very talented too. So. Could see, uh, you know, a surprise upset, but I, I think this aftershocks team makes it to the finals Tuesday, and then from there, uh, you know, it's anybody's guess how, how they win that championship game. But it would be cool to, you know, see them go to Dayton uh, and, and you know play for that one million dollar prize. I agree with Taylor. I think they win the first two. I think they lose the third. Don't quite make it to Dayton, but it is going to be good to see him. Con man's going to have to have a heck of a tournament. Be nice to have Zach Brown back. You know, he's very good on the defensive end. And uh, hopefully uh, some of these other little injuries, nagging injuries, they can uh, take care of. But I think they win the first one, and then just the crowd will will them to winning the second. Connor's out here playing 36 holes of golf every day. So he's pulling a MJ in the finals. He just plays 36 <laughs> holes and shows up and changes straight out of his golf cleats right, right into the basketball shoes. Well, as I mentioned, it's been great to be behind the mic. Taylor, thank you for getting that interview with Ron and Zach. We appreciate CJ Moore joining us. We appreciate the listeners. There's several folks on ShockerNet saying, hey, now that the roster's set, when are we going to get our next Talk Angry podcast? So we uh, we we love doing this and, and appreciate uh, everything. Taylor, anything coming up at Kansas.com? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, lot of TPT coverage. Um, there's a lot of interesting storylines, you know, outside of the aftershocks. I think a lot of people just think, okay, T 
TBT is only here. The only game that matters is, you know, Aftershocks 8 p.m. But there's actually a lot of, you know, cool storylines. Like, did you guys know that, like, Doug Gottlieb is coaching the, the Oklahoma State team? Like, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, it'll be, uh, I mean, funny to have him back at Coke Arena and, uh, <laughs> uh, and maybe get a couple of his hot takes from uh, Wichita State players in the past. Maybe have, you know, ask him about Fred again. Uh, but, and then... You know, just, uh, you know, the K-State team, like, that's going to be an entertaining game. You know, the Drew League team, I think that's a sleeper uh, who who could win this whole thing. You know, Derek Williams is here, you know, former top five NBA draft pick. So uh, there's a lot of good basketball coming to Coke Arena. Um, I'm actually giving away free tickets on uh, the Shocker Faithful Facebook group. If you guys want to go there, uh, I I have free tickets to all uh, all the sessions. I would encourage people to come out. If you don't get them, uh, just come out and watch, you know, good basketball uh, at Coke Arena. It's going to be a, a fun, you know, I think four straight days of basketball and then the finals on Tuesday. So it's going to be fun, uh, fun time here in Wichita. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get that packed arena Friday night and uh, Sunday afternoon for those Aftershocks games. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, basketball in July is, you know, that's, that's like Christmas came early for me. I've got my tickets. I'm on row two. So, you know, just like the Aftershocks, this is kind of a retro players. I'm going retro fan mode. I'm going to make sure those officials, they, they hear me throughout the game. So <laughs> we're, we'll be having a good time cheering them on. Yeah, I was president and asked you to be an honorary coach. Lifetime record, <laughs> 100% winning yeah, I took down, took down Old Miss, so, you know, you'd think they'd want me on the, the staff, but that's all right. Yeah. All right, well, thanks a lot, uh, Taylor, for your time. Good uh, talking Shocker Hoops, and we appreciate being back with you for Season 9 of Talk Angry, and what should our listeners do? Got to raise five stars. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.